Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As part of our special report on workforce development in the trucking industry, we'll spend these next episodes speaking with industry professionals about the people, issues, and trends that define its workforce. In this episode, we ask, what are those in the trucking industry doing to encourage women to pursue a career in trucking and logistics? And what are they doing to help bring more women into the fold, not only as drivers, but in leadership roles? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. Today, we're speaking with two women in the know about these issues. Ellen Voyer, president and CEO of Women in Trucking, and also the host of the Women in Trucking show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Channel. And Deborah Babin-Katt, past chair of the Women in Trucking Foundation and vice president of Truck Brush Corporation. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. So, Ellen, before I get into things, I just kind of want to talk about the organization that, that you're the head of. You know, one of the things that struck out to me is 10%, around 10% of the industry is filled with women employees who are working in the, the trucking industry. In your role in women in trucking, uh, what are the things that you're doing to combat that in, in an effort to make those percentages higher? Well, first of all, let me just reiterate our mission, if you give me a second to remind our listeners that our mission is to encourage the employment of women in the industry, address obstacles that might keep women from entering the industry, and then to celebrate success. So by encouraging employment, that means we have to overcome an image problem. Because when you talk to women outside of the industry and say, have you ever thought about a job in supply chain or transportation? Um, they typically look at you and say, uh, no, um, they hadn't. So that's our, our biggest obstacle is to address the image. And so one of the things we do is we tell stories. We have a member of the month. We have um, our influential woman in trucking. We have a distinguished woman in logistics, uh, female driver of the year. We tell their stories so that other people can see these women in their careers in transportation and think about it and say, you know what, maybe I could do that. Um, but we also need to reach into earlier uh, ages. And so we've done that through, uh, we created a Girl Scout transportation patch. We found out the Boy Scouts had one and the Girl Scouts didn't. So we worked with the greater Chicago, northern Indiana region of Girl Scouts and created the curriculum and a patch. Um, and over a thousand girls have already earned that patch in transportation. And along with that, we have an activity book called Scouting for Cookies that explains how the grain from the field goes to the bakery um, on a truck, uh, from the bakery to packaging on a truck and so on. And the final mile is the Girl Scout. But the biggest thing is we want young girls and women to think about how they might fit into this industry. And more importantly, how the truck on the road relates to them personally. Um, and so like with the activity book, we want children to look at the trucks and say, mom, dad, that could be my cookies in there, or that could be milk that I'll be drinking with my cookies or whatever. So we need to first make sure that everyone has a personal connection 
to the trucking industry. And so that's that's one of our primary um, goals. That's interesting that you just made the point about visualization. I mean, I think that's that's one of the main things when you want to be in a, in a, in a certain industry, not, not only just trucking, just any industry, you know, just kind of visualizing that you're in that position. I, I think that's a, a great thing that you're doing. But once you're in the industry, you know, you know, of course, there, there are going to be many obstacles that you're going to face. What are some of the challenges that, that women have beyond the obvious? What, what are some of those challenges that, that women are facing in, in the industry? Well, for the driver population, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, quote unquote, we've always done it that way. So equipment was always designed for the, you know, large male uh, uniforms, facilities, things like that. So what we do is we point out, hey, um, you know, the truck cab design could be more ergonomically effective to accommodate all body sizes and shapes. Um, also, truck stops are really being more sensitive to making sure that they have amenities for women and, and that women are accommodated uh, in regard to showers and safety and security. Um, and shippers having facilities for female drivers as well as the male drivers but let me move from the driver population, which does have some physical obstacles um, that I just mentioned, but let's go into the boardroom. Um, in the past, it was typically uh, you know, very male dominated. And I always like to say that every large trucking company out there started with one man and one truck. And so our goal is to see large trucking companies out there started by a woman in a truck. But in the process, we're seeing more women taking over the companies from their dads, whether they're trucking or logistics companies. So that um, is very satisfying to watch. But women are more risk averse, whether they're drivers or in the boardroom. So if women are avoiding risks at a higher percentage than males, what does that mean? That means that if the decision to maybe acquire a new facility or to buy another company or, you know, certain decisions that are made in the boardroom, women will look at the options and say, hey, are there any other options that I need to consider and will take longer to make to come to that conclusion where men typically will remove options that they don't consider viable and, and then reduce them to only one or two and then choose the best option in a very short time. So that right there is unconscious bias if your um, culture uh, values quick decision-making. So things like that. We point out um, ways that this industry and a lot of male-dominated industries have built in unconscious bias and make people more aware of it so that women can um, not just enter the industry, but um, be elevated and advanced. And I have to tell you, um, the 15 publicly traded trucking companies, half of them have no women in leadership roles. And about a third of them have no women in the boardroom. So we do have a long ways to go. And I think by pointing out these discrepancies uh, will we'll make people sit up and take notice. You know, the industry has come a long way in the last 20, 10, five years when it comes to diversity. You had mentioned just public companies, you know, not having a sufficient amount of women in their executive boards. What are some of the inroads that maybe you can give examples of where women are taking charge and women are holding a sufficient place in, in the boardroom? Well, not in the trucking industry. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In, in regard to management, um, I'm seeing more and more women as dispatchers. In fact, some companies have more than half their dispatchers are women, and that is a huge advancement. I'm seeing more women as safety directors. Um, again, who would you want as your safety director? Uh, someone who's more risk averse, right? 
Um, and I am seeing, and I am seeing more women in leadership roles. Um, and we love to recognize them and tell their stories. And a lot of them are members of the month or distinguished woman in logistics or influential woman in trucking so that we can share their stories. But um, we still have a ways to go. And we know that we recognize that, but we just have to figure out how to get more women in these higher levels. It's definitely a, a message that you're carrying for the long haul. I mean, that's the, the biggest gist of I, I wouldn't say movement. That, that would be a disservice to, to say that. But it's something that the advancement of, of women, I mean, that's something that's that's a long haul and the, the job's not finished yet. Literally right? long haul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good term. You know, one of the things that we do to help women succeed in their careers is our annual conference. And unfortunately, we had to move it to a virtual conference this year. Mm-hmm. But the number one reason women come to our conference. Now, picture this. Last year, we had 1,100 and it was only our fifth conference. of our attendees are women, Mm -hmm. and this is a trucking event. Um, But the number one reason women come to our conference is networking. They want to talk to other women in their in their position. So whether they're an engineer and designing, you know, truck cabs for a, a manufacturer, or maybe they're a diversity and inclusion um, expert, or or maybe they're you know uh, operations at a facility. They get together, they get to talk about it, they learn from each other, and that's where we're lifting, you know, the the all water levels raise all boats, right? So mm-hmm. if we share best practices and encourage each other, um, we will make this industry a better place. And the one thing, that, and Deb can comment on this as well, the one thing that you'll find different at our conference is the energy level and the attitude. Women come to our conference and walk away and say, wow, that was very enlightening, educational, uplifting. um, And I feel so much better about where I am in this industry. And you don't get that when you go to a lot of other conferences that are lamenting government regulations and the economy and, you know, all the negative things that are exerting pressure on the trucking industry. But at ours, it's just got a different energy level in the room that, you know, we are going to make a difference in this world. And we're starting here at Women in Trucking Association. So the virtual conference is sort of, um, it's a symposium rather than, you know, your, your traditional conference, or is, is it just a mixture of, of both? Well, it'll be very interesting. We will actually have exhibitors at our virtual conference, which is November 12th and 13th. We will have speakers, we'll have breakout rooms, we even will have lunch and learn sessions. Um, and so okay. we're learning that you can do a lot of things virtually and let people connect with each other. So we're, we're going to take this on as a challenge this year and say, you know what, we're going to try to fulfill all your expectations in a virtual manner. Um, and we'll see. <laughs> we're keeping our fingers crossed. <laughs> This is Dan Ronan from Transport Topics. Joining us is Al Handley. He's the Division President of Education and Training for Transforce Group. Al, talk to us about uh, some of the challenges that you face in getting younger drivers into the trucking industry. Sure. You know, uh, th- this has been something that's emerging for the past generation. Back in back in the 80s with the federal mandate of the commercial driver's license kind of decided that uh, they wouldn't let uh, people under the age of 21 cross state lines while driving a truck. And uh, many can still get a CDL license to stay and drive inside the state, interstate, but they can't cross state lines. So what do you do to get the younger people into the industry? What are you doing? Well, it starts, it starts with, the, with the new drivers, the fact that 
TransForce is an, is an option for employment upon graduation if they choose, and you emphasize a free agent model to our students so that they have the choices that are right for them. With, with TransForce, obviously, you've got a single employer and you can work for various shippers that are clients of TransForce. So you can have a real diversity of the kind of work that you do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. And I think that's got to be important for the drivers out there. What are some of the ways that uh, your company, TransForce, can use its competitive advantage to finding more younger drivers and bringing them into the industry? You, you put the driver first, you take care of the driver, you get them the right placements, you get them on the right operations, they're going to be happier. Happier employees and more productive employees. We've been talking with Al Handley. He's a division president for education and training at Transforce Group. Thanks for joining us. You know, uh, to my understanding, the conference is doing a lot of uh, you know groundwork for women to to get into the industry, and, and that's kind of where we want to go next with the Women in Trucking Foundation. Deborah, since you are the the past chair of of the foundation. But before we get into that, I would like you to tell the listeners uh, just about your role with Truck Brush and just the, the corporation in general, if you could. Certainly, Mike. So I'm the vice president of Truck Brush Corporation, and we're a manufacturer of a mobile safety attachment that um, moves removes snow off the tops of trucks, trailers, flatbeds, buses, and intermodal containers before they um go out on the roadways. So it's a, it's a major safety product. And it came about actually um, from a request from a global freight company that came to us asking us to come up with a solution that would be safer for their employees and um, much more effective and, and allow them to remove the snow before those trucks and trailers went on the highway. So it wouldn't, you know, the debris would not um, cause any injuries to um, pass by cars and vehicles and the like. And so what came of, of that request is this newer patented product that that does this. And so I'm very involved in the manufacturing and distribution of the product. And I work closely with some of our um, uh, partner companies that we've developed relationships with, like Caterpillar and Volvo Construction, in distributing the product throughout North America. It's an interesting product. That was the reason why I wanted to have you explain Truck Brush and the role it plays with trailers. You know, I wanted to you know, talk about your work with the foundation. You have told me your story before, how you got into the industry and how you, your role at, at Truck Brush came about. And I, I think that's a very, um, that, that's a very great story to tell. And, and I think it's pretty much perfect for your role as, as past chair with the foundation. What are some of the things that you're doing in the foundation, you know, when it's concerning, um, you know, scholarships and, and helping lay that, that groundwork for women to be in the industry? I mean, what's, uh, What's your role in that? So the foundation is actually a 501c3 non-for-profit, and it's affiliated with the Women in Trucking Association. And one thing that Ellen just mentioned was that the mission is to also remove obstacles and help with the success for women. So what, in essence, the foundation is doing is helping with that obstacle of the high costs of education and transportation. So um, we do that in four different categories. So for example, um, CDL driving is one, technical is the other, safety is the third, and leadership is the fourth. 
And so we have been helping women who want to get their CDL licenses, and it's very expensive to become a, a truck driver. So the scholarships are given out um, twice a year. It's a simple application, all done online. And we select the winners, and they get anywhere from 1000 to $2,500 to offset that educational expense. It goes directly to the schools themselves. Um, interestingly enough, one of the things that we're seeing is that when we first um, – started the foundation back in 2013, it was largely CDL driving that people were applying for. But what we've seen is a trend towards um, technical, so a lot more women getting into diesel mechanic um, schools. And we're seeing an uptick in safety, which I believe Ellen mentioned earlier, um, as people become certified in safety. And we're also seeing women apply who are going to get their master's in transportation and logistics. Maybe they're already working in the transportation industry, but they're trying to further their careers. They're trying to, they're making their way towards that boardroom and we're removing that obstacle as far as the cost. And they can apply as many times as they want to the, um, to the foundation. We, we couldn't do what we do, however, without our um, corporate partners and, and the individuals who also give and um, we're heavily involved with the Rider Foundation, UPS, FedEx, Walmart, truckstop.com, to name just a few, who give annually to um, the Women in Trucking Foundation. And is that it's completely all of the donations that allow us to give the scholarships that we give. And so our board is really concentrating on ways in which, one, we can get more corporate donors, more companies involved in participating, whether they want to have their own um, scholarship in the name of their company. Interestingly enough, um, I serve also on the Rhode Island uh, trucking Association, the state level Trucking Association's board. And through that involvement, we've started a Rhode Island Trucking Association scholarship through the Women in Trucking Foundation that honors their first female executive, Lena Daly, who served many years ago uh, in that role. And so we're, we're, we're going to be giving out the first ever Rita Lena Daly scholarship. So we're growing um, by leaps and bounds from where we started, but we still um, have a long way to go. You had mentioned the the corporate sponsors that you have. I, I would imagine that's a great help with, with, with this foundation and the efforts to empower women. Oh, it's it's absolutely significant. And we couldn't do it without those companies who've been heavy um, donors for for the foundation. You know, to give you a concept of what we've been able to do, you know, the first few years we were just sort of getting you know our, our feet wet and all of this. But last year we awarded over I think it was about forty three thousand dollars in scholarships, and to date we've helped one hundred and twenty six women. Um, with scholarships, and we've given out about one hundred thirty thousand dollars. You know, I, you know, my dream is that someday that number is in the millions, maybe. But for now, we're 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 making an impact. And you know, one of the things I've come to realize: I served on the board as chair for four and a half years, and now I'm past chair. So I've been involved in the Women Trucking Foundation for quite a while. And one of the things that I've come to realize in reading the applicants' um, essays and in meeting some of these women at the Accelerate conference now, because often they will go to that conference, 
is that we are making a positive impact not only in their careers and their professional development, but we're impacting their families. We're impacting their children, their their parents, um, their extended families by allowing by removing that obstacle and by allowing them to have access to that much needed education in order to um, advance their careers in transportation. That sounds like incredible work, Deborah. You both had mentioned that it's a long road. There's a lot of work to be done. If there was a magic bullet, if there was particular things that could be done to have women in the boardroom and have more women in executive roles, what are they? What are some of the things that companies can do or maybe even you know, the, the women striving to be in those positions? What, what could be done? Well, I'll jump on that first and then let Deborah <laughs> jump in as well. But um, one of the things that we do is we help women understand what unconscious bias is in place right now. And that's unconscious bias from both men and women, um, because we have certain expectations about the way people should behave. So by making people aware of reasons women don't, um, you know, either aspire or are not promoted is the first place. But secondly, is to encourage and support women who do want to move up the career ladder. Um, and one of the things that's been very important is um, negotiation skills. Uh, women need to ask for raises. Women need to ask for promotions. Um, and so we try to make women more comfortable with doing that. And, and secondly, they need to raise their hands and say, um, you know, I've accomplished this on behalf of the organization and stop being humble. <laughs> um, and by doing that, I don't mean bragging, but I mean keeping track of what you've done to further the company's mission. Um, that's not bragging. It's establishing your credibility um, and then supporting each other. We have to support each other as women. Because um, if you've got women who aren't supporting other women, it's just holding all of us back. So those, those three things are the top um, things that I would say. But the other thing that I would also like to see is more women in leadership roles who are more visible. Because then other women will aspire to those positions as well, knowing that, that it's, it's a place that they can be, in, whether it's in the boardroom or in the leadership position or uh, even owning a trucking company, whatever their goals are, we need to have more women um, sharing their stories and telling how they got there um, as well. And Mike, I would actually, I love your answer, Ellen. I would add to that more of a personal aspect or more of what you were asking in, in the way of what can women do. Um, I thought about that question a little bit. And, I, and what I have experienced is that it's really important to also as women go outside the company and develop relationships by joining organizations like the Women in Trucking Association or ATA or your local trucking association and getting involved in those organizations. And, and for me personally, that's what I did. And now I serve on several boards. Um, I serve on the executive um, board for the Massachusetts Trucking Association. I mentioned that I serve on Rhode Island and I've been actively involved in the Women in Trucking Foundation. But those are opportunities to actually serve already on a board outside of your company and to highlight your skills and to hone your skills and develop really important relationships with both men and women. You know, these are people that are in top management, very intelligent, 
um, individuals that you're you have an opportunity to work. Sure, it's a boatload of work, and you have to do it on your free time, so to speak. But those experiences can only add to your professional and personal development. And I think that that is important to to be able to show your company, you know, what you can achieve even outside the walls of your company. And and for me, it's also about giving back, of course. But I do believe that there's many opportunities that women can seek that are even outside the walls of their own office. We've been speaking with Ellen Voyer, founder, president, and CEO of Women in Trucking, and also the host of the Women in Trucking show on Sirius XM Road Dog Channel, and Deborah Babin-Katz, past chair of the Women in Trucking Foundation and vice president of Truck Brush. Ladies, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and we've learned a lot from this conversation. Thank you very much for being on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having us. Transforce Group is your one-stop shop for carrier solutions. From driver development to carrier business needs, we are the number one choice to keep trucking firms on a path to growth. We offer innovative solutions in compliance and safety, digital recruiting, employment solutions such as driver and mechanic placement, and driver education and training. Transforce Group is here to help. Visit transforcegroup.com to get on the road to success today. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What are those in the trucking industry doing to encourage women to pursue a career in trucking and logistics? And what are they doing to help bring more women into the fold, not only as drivers, but in leadership roles? As we've heard from our guests, the effort to bring women in the trucking workforce is moving forward. However, there is more work to be done. The Women in Trucking Organization and Foundation have not only been creative in introducing women to the industry, but they continue to work with those women, building future leaders in the boardroom. That being said, it's startling to learn that near half of the top publicly traded trucking companies' boardrooms lack female representation. As Ellen Voyer described, it's literally going to be a long haul to correct that for the future. Despite that, there's no shortage of opportunities for women to enter the industry. And with the work of organizations like Women in Trucking, the future is looking promising. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can also email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with more of our special report on workforce development. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening.
Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.